This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Investing in lives. Amen. Only reason, only reason we have this facility and this property, it's about people, isn't it? It's about people. It's about people. So I want to thank you for that. All this month we've been uh, teaching a series called Faith for Living. Amen. And you know, as we live our lives, you know, God's called us to walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes that's a challenge, isn't it? Because I'm telling you, the circumstances and, uh, and the culture that we're living in and all the things that are happening around us, they have a voice. They're speaking to us. Isn't that right? I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, my bank account's talking to me. Yours ever talk to you? Sometimes it wants to tell me, I don't have enough, and I have to tell it, shut up. Yes, you do. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes my body wants to talk to me and tell me something. <laughs> so we have to, we're learning to walk uh, by faith and not by sight. And today we, we want to conclude our, our series uh, about living, uh, faith for living by talking about facing our fears. Now listen, as we live life, you know, unless, unless you're living somewhere different than the rest of us are living, we have to face fears. There are fears that come against us. Some of them are common to all of us. Maybe some of us, there might be a unique situation where we're facing a different kind of fear. But all of us as human beings can relate to facing fears. Can I hear a holy amen somewhere out there? Okay. But here's the thing I want you to understand. Fear ultimately cannot decide our fate. It is how we respond to fear that has to do with our fate. Amen? We can allow fear to intimidate us, to discourage us, to dominate us, and to, and to paralyze us, and all kinds of things. But we can also choose, just as God has encouraged us to do, that we're going to walk by faith in God, faith in His promises, faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Absolutely. So this morning, uh, if you've got your Bibles there, or you've got it on your your, your smartphone, you got your app there. Turn to Hebrews 10. We read a scripture to start us off here. Hebrews 10, and verse 38. I want to, just for a moment, just won't take long for this because we're all familiar with it, uh, but talk about the effects of fear. But before we do this, notice here in Hebrews 10, verse 38. He says, and my righteous ones will live by faith. My righteous ones will live by faith. If you are a child of God, if you've made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, then the Bible says that God has imputed His righteousness to you. So that means you're His righteous one. Not by works which we have done, but we are nevertheless, you know, if somebody gave me a million dollars, you know what that would make me? Didn't mean I earned it. Didn't mean I was smart enough to start a business. But you know what I'd be? If somebody gave you a million dollars, you know what you'd be? 
God gave us his righteousness. I didn't earn it. I didn't do anything to get it. But when he gave it to me, what does that make me? Makes me righteous, doesn't it? Amen. It's a gift. Hallelujah. And he says, my righteous ones will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. You know what fear endeavors to do? It endeavors to shrink us, to make us think smaller, feel smaller, appear smaller. It endeavors to shrink who God is in our lives. It endeavors to tell us God's not big enough. God's not faithful enough. God won't do it this time. Amen. That's what fear wants to do. It wants to shrink us. It wants to shrink who God is in our lives. So we have to decide, you know what? I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to live by what God says in His Word. I'm not going to allow fear to shrink my God in my sight. Amen. You remember the children of Israel, they went into the promised land to spy it out. It says they came back and it says, there we saw the giants. And it says we look like grasshoppers in their eyes and in our eyes. That's what the fear wants to do. It's to make you have a grasshopper mentality. To make you doubt. To make you wonder. To make you uh, become discouraged. One of the things it does, it paralyzes us into procrastinating. You ever procrastinated about something you knew you needed to be proactive about? That's what fear gets to do. Fear says, well, wait a minute now. You might make a wrong decision. You might make a wrong step. I tell people, don't worry about it. You will. Unless you're not moving at all. Amen. I can't, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, I can't find anybody else in this Bible that didn't make some missteps, that didn't do some things that weren't exactly perfect, that didn't make a wrong decision somewhere along the line. You can't allow fear to paralyze you to the point of procrastination. When you know it's time to act, you know that's what faith is about. Faith is about taking a risk. Faith is about stepping out of the boat even when the wind's blowing your hair straight back. For those of us who have hair. It will, it will paralyze. It, it prevents us from seizing our opportunities. You know, we're praying, oh God, open a door. Oh God, uh, lead me in the plan and purpose you have for my life. God, give me a dream. Give me a vision. What do you want me to do? Then when we get it and the opportunity is there, fear says, you better wait. You better wait. It's not time yet. It's not time yet. You better wait. Watch out. Look out. Wait. Watch out. Look out. Wait. God says it's not time to to watch out. It's time to get out. Get out of the boat. (laughs) Amen. Get out on the water. You say, but what if I sink? Well, I read in that story, if you sink, Jesus will reach down and pick you back up. None of those other 11 guys jockeying in the boat for position ever walked on the water, but Peter did. Yeah, we can say Peter sank, but he can also say Peter walked on the water. Amen. I'll take you in a couple of gulps of water to, uh, uh, you know, to get to walk on it. I'll take a couple of, maybe a couple of slaps by circumstance or, or, or the things in life might knock me down a time or two to get up and move into miracle territory in God. Amen. Don't be so easily intimidated. Don't allow fear to intimidate you. Most of the time, fear is based in a lie anyway. Are you listening? 
The devil tells you you're not going to make it. He's been telling me that for 40-something years, and here I am, and so are you. Amen. He's been telling you you're not going to make it, but you're here. He's telling you, 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 you know, every circumstance that comes along, every problem, every test, every trial, it's the same old junkie trots out. Well, this is it this time. Boy, you've had it now. Well, I haven't had it until God's had it. And last time I looked, God's never going to have it. <laughs> He's always on top. So fear wants to paralyze you into procrastinating, wants to prevent us from seizing our opportunities, and it always causes us to retreat rather than to move forward. You know, in God, there is no reverse. Amen. God's chariot doesn't have a reverse on it. Forgetting those things which are behind. He said, I take no pleasure in the one that shrinks or draws back. God doesn't have a reverse in his chariot. He has a move forward plan. You say, yeah, but I fell down. I know, get up and move forward. Notice what it says here about one of the tribes, the Ephraimites. I'm going to read this from the message. I like the way it reads in Psalm 78. Listen to this. The Ephraimites, armed to the teeth, ran off when the battle began. They were cowards to God's covenant and refused to walk by His word. Boy, I like the way that reads. I'm going to read that again. The Ephraims, armed to the teeth. Listen, church. In the Bible... God says you're armed to the teeth. You're a child of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You, you have the Holy Spirit. God is for you. The angels are for you. 7,000 promises. The blood is for you. The name is for you. The gifts of the Spirit are for you. The armor of God is for you. You're armed to the teeth. Why would you draw back? Only because fear has camouflaged who God is and who you are is begin to paint a different picture about the scenario and the end results of what's going to happen. Oh, you're going to be the victim instead of the victor. But God says no. Arm to the teeth. They were cowards to God's covenant. Listen, that's what fear endeavors to do. If we listen to fear, it will make us a coward to God's covenant. And even though we have God's Word and God's promises, God's Spirit, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all these things, it will make us a coward. And we'll end up drawing back instead of moving forward. Say, God has no reverse. God has no reverse for your life. The Bible says that the path of the, the righteous, what? It, it, it's, it, it, you know, it shines brighter and brighter to the noonday. Paul said we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. He didn't say we go from faith to doubt, from doubt to fear, and from fear to defeat. Awful quiet out there. Eventually, if we listen to fear long enough, it'll lead us to compromise. And I'm not just talking about some sin. I'm talking about just compromising in God's uh, call on your life compromising about whether or not your family is going to be saved, whether your prayers are going to be answered, or whether God's going to do what He said He was going to do, and the next thing you know, we start settling for half a loaf. 
I mean, after all, nobody's perfect, Pastor Norris. I mean, you know, we, we, we can't, we just, you know, you're, you're setting <clears throat> the bar too high. I didn't set the bar. God did. He said we could have victory. I'm going to go for victory. Amen. He said the enemy's under my feet. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to walk so that the enemy's under my feet. You say, you ever got knocked down? Oh, yeah, plenty of times. But I found out the remedy for getting knocked down. Get up. Amen. It's, that's not complicated, is it? If I get knocked down, you know what I do? When I was growing up, they used to have those, uh, you know, those blow-up things, you know, with the rounded bottom on it like that. You know, you'd, uh, a clown or something like that, you know, you'd sock it and that thing would come back up. You could knock it all the way to the floor, but you know what it would do? That's me. Life may come along sometimes, a circumstance may come along, hit me, but you know what I do? I'm right back in there. I'm not going to do Why? Because I believe what God said. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm not going to allow fear to lead me into compromise. Now, you don't have to turn over there, but in 1 Samuel 13, Saul was the newly appointed king and the leader of Israel. And he faced his first crisis as a leader. If you've ever been the leader of something, leader of an organization, leader of a team, whatever, I'm telling you, you know, you face that first crisis, boy, that's a challenge, isn't it? Because everybody's looking at you. You've got to have the answer. You're the answer man or the answer woman, the case may be. And here is Saul. He's got his first big crisis. The Philistines are coming in. And he looks out there and they outnumber Israel. They are better equipped than Israel. I mean, everything he looks at, it is tough. And not only that, but what the man of God told him sure don't look like what's happening. He said, he said, you wait on me. Samuel, the prophet of God, said, you wait on me for seven days. And he said, I'm going to come. We're going to offer the sacrifice, and there's going to be a great victory. Well, seven days came and went, and there was no prophet. It was a non-prophet. <laughs> and here's Saul. In the meantime, guess what all the people are doing? Fear is causing attrition. Well, I don't know if he's really God's anointed or not. I mean, nothing, nothing's happening here. I mean, the prophet didn't show up. Maybe, maybe he really isn't God's leader. Maybe he isn't really called to God. Maybe there, is, maybe there really isn't going to be a victory here. And so they begin to leave. They begin to leave. And fear got a grip on Saul. And he said, I better do something. I'm telling you what. Fear will cause you to do the wrong thing. If you listen to fear and allow it to get a hold of you, 99 times out of 100, you will make a bad decision that you regret. Anybody ever done it? I have. Boy, I could lift both feet too if I wouldn't fall. And that's what happened to Saul. He decided, well, I better do something. So he went and he offered the sacrifice himself, which he wasn't supposed to do. And you know what? It cost him. Now, he went on and won that battle. God was gracious. But you know what it cost him? It cost him the throne, ultimately. It cost him his sons inheriting the rulership. And that passed on to somebody else, David, and all of his ancestors. So here's the thing. Fear, you may compromise. You may feel like, hey, I worked that out pretty good. But I can promise you, 
you, go, you, you lose something. When you compromise in God, you always lose something. When you compromise the Word of God in your life, you lose something, don't you? Absolutely you do. And then <clears throat> I want us to uh, turn over, if you will, to 2 Samuel. I do want to read this one to you. 2 Samuel 23. I want to just talk about, you know, you say, well, Pastor Norris, I'm not a king. I don't have, you know, I'm not like Saul. I'm not like David. I don't have, you know, I'm not leading a nation. I'm not leading some big thing here. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to deal with me and, and my kids. I'm, I'm trying to pay the bills. I'm trying to pay the rent. I'm trying to keep my kids out of trouble. Can I hear amen? Well, I want to talk about dealing with our little old pea patch. Any of y'all grew up in the country? You ever had a pea patch? Well, I remember growing up in the country, we, we, we had uh, what they used to call, you know, one of these family gardens, you know. And, uh, man, I can remember out there, you, you pick them peas and all, and then, you know, you'd have to shell those peas. You ever have to shell them? Man, you, I, I can still remember, man, my, my, my thumbnail gets sore. Oh, purple hull peas. You ever had shells? I mean, them big old, you know, number two wash tub fulls, you know, at a time. Holy cow. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So listen to this. I'm going to read from the uh, Good News Bible translation. I like the way it reads. Listen to this. The third of the famous three, talking about David's mighty man, was Shammah, son of Agi, from Harar. The Philistines had gathered at Lehi, where there was a field of peas. The Israelites fled from the Philistines, but Shammah stood his ground in the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. The Lord won a great victory that day. Isn't it amazing? Here's a guy, all he's doing is defending his pea patch. You know, our pea patch is our, our own lives, and it's our family. Like I said, we're, we're, we're trying to, 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 to make it through life. We're trying to, you know... Uh, raise our kids right. We're trying to uh, keep them, you know, off drugs or out of gangs or whatever it might be or just, you know, or, or just to be motivated to, to catch a dream or, or whatever it may be. Your family situation, that's your pea patch. And when everybody else is full of fear, when everybody else looks and says, oh man, look at the economy. Look what's going on. Look how divided the nation is. Look at this. Look at that. Look at the other. I'm going to tell you, you start looking at all that and you're going to get fearful too. And it's not going to help you defend your pea patch. But if you'll remember that you belong to God, that you're a child of God, that you have the promises of God and the covenant with God, and God is with you and for you just like we were saying about this morning, if you remember that, you can say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do just like Shama. I'm going to stand and defend my little old pea patch. It may not look like much. It may not be much in the eyes of the world or anything. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to start right here. And you know what, Passion Church? If all of us would just defend our pea patch, we might make a difference in our community. Amen? I'm just going to defend my pea patch. I'm going to stand here for my sons and for my daughters. I'm going to stand for my marriage. I'm going to stand for my health. I'm going to stand for the truth of God as it's been revealed unto me. And I'm going to defend my pea patch. Amen. And as we see here, pea patch victories can lead to greater consequences. This guy defending his pea patch... 
encouraged others, if you read on, he finally encouraged some of them to stop running and start fighting. Do you know it's hard to fight when you're running? When your back's to the enemy, you know you're the most vulnerable. Isn't that true? You can't see when the blow's coming. Your, your spine, all that's exposed. You can't, I mean, you can't, you ever tried to fight somebody like this? You're the most exposed when you turn your back and run. You've got the greatest opportunity. You're the, you're the strongest. You're the most agile when you face the enemy. And your eyes are open. And you've got the armor of God. You've got the promise of God. You've got the name of Jesus. Oh, you are mighty. Woo, you stand in your pea patch and say, I'm going to tell you what. It starts right here in my pea patch. It starts right here with my family, in my home. What did we sing this morning? I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have. And I can do what he says I can do. Amen. Don't you ever doubt it. Look in Proverbs 24, verse 10. I'm going to read over there. We're talking about facing our fears. And I'm going to tell you what. As long as we're in this life, we're going to have to face a fear. Some are real, some are imagined, but nevertheless, we've got to face the fears, don't we? We absolutely do. There's no getting around it. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you falter in the time of trouble, how small is your strength? This is why we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might rather than facing fear in my own strength. Because if I try to face fear in my own strength, I'm going to realize what this verse is saying, how small my strength is compared to what is facing me. But if I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, and I got on His armor, His name, His salvation, woo, I'm bad news for the devil. Amen? Absolutely. This is how we face our fears, not in our own strength, not in our own wisdom, but in the strength and in the wisdom of God. And it's available to anybody. You know, even if you can't read, it's on Audible. So you ain't got no excuse. Even if you can't read, you can listen to it. Now, nowadays, you can listen to it stream. Somebody, can, somebody will read it to you. Amen. And you know, here's the thing. When you stand fighting in your pea patch for your pea patch, you know what it does? It encourages me. Man, I see Chris standing in his pea patch there, man. I mean, man, the bodies are piling up as he's laying them left and right. And I think, bless God, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stand fight too. I see this one standing in their pea patch and this one standing in here and this one standing there. And I started hearing about how God anointed them in their pea patch and how God brought deliverance to their family and into their lives. And I think God did it for them. He'll do it for me. I'm going to stand in my pea patch. I'm going to fight. I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe God. Amen. We're talking about facing our fears. Faith for living. This is where life is happening. It's in our homes, isn't it? 
The devil wants to come in. He wants to rob and kill and to steal and destroy. And he starts it in our home with our marriages, with our kids, with our relationships. He wants to steal your joy, steal your peace. He's a thief. He's out to steal. And if he can steal, he'll move on to the next uh, level, and that is kill. He'll kill your dreams. He'll try to kill your family. He will try to do that. He'll tell you, you know, why don't you just lay down and fold up? I mean, I mean, after all. Amen? Listen, the crisis of life comes to everybody. Don't don't thou, we're preaching this message, that means, oh, wow, you know, I'm just going to get so much faith that, you know, the devil will never attack me. No, probably the more uh, strong you get in faith, the more he's going to try to attack you. But the good news is, the more easy it's going to be for you to overcome him and his attacks. And I see you out there, you're praying, you're believing, you're standing, you're fighting, you're pee patch, and I think, bless God, I'm going to stand, I'm going to fight mine too. And I encourage you and you encourage me. We come together and say, you know, man, I'm fighting in my pee patch this week. This is what I'm fighting. You believe with me? He said, yeah, and this is what I'm fighting and you believe with me. And the Bible says, if two of us will agree together, all of a sudden a third unseen person begins to move in called the Spirit of Christ Jesus. And he begins to raise up a standard against the enemy. Amen. We must learn to run to the roar and not away from it. Let's look what Peter said over there. You probably know this, but it'll be good to look at it again. 1 Peter 5, verse verse 8. We must learn to run. Fear has a roar about it. Sometimes, man, fear can be so, I mean, it can be so loud. I'm not talking about necessarily out here. I'm talking about in here. Isn't that right? Oh, I've been there. I mean, it's, you can't, man, you can't sleep. You, you can't do this. You can't do that. I mean, man, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about those little fly fears that you swat away easy. I'm talking about some serious fears. Amen. Notice what he says here, verse 8. He says, be alert and sober of sober mind. Be alert. You know, be alert about spiritual things just like you are about your retirement. You know how you keep up with that? How, you know how you make sure that's in, everything's in place? Well, he said, be alert spiritually in the same way. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil. Everybody say, we have an enemy. I have an enemy. Sorry. Don't mean to be the bringer of bad news, but that's just how it is. But you need to know that. Now, an enemy, will, I mean, by definition, will, is an enemy out to help you? Is he out to serve you? What's he out to do? He's out to, to get you any way he can, isn't he? So why should we be surprised when the enemy attacks? That's what he does. That's being sober-minded. He goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That means he can't devour everybody. Otherwise, he just whoever, first man up, first woman up. But he's looking for someone. And you know, he's, 
The one that's primed for devouring is the one who is allowing fear to rule their mind and their heart and their actions. You are vulnerable. See, if you're resisting, you're not vulnerable. But if you, I'm talking about you just, you know, you just lay down and curl up and give up and say, that's it. As long as, see, if you're resisting the devil, you know what that means? That means he ain't got a hold of you. (laughs) Amen. Because he goes on to say here, he said, resist him. In other words, when I resist fear, I'm resisting the devil, aren't I? When I resist doubt, I'm resisting the devil. When I resist worry and anxiety, I'm resisting the devil. I didn't say there wasn't any present. I'm just saying I'm resisting it. I'm not going to let it get such a hold on me that it controls my actions and it disturbs my peace. I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist. I'm going to fight for my little old pea patch. He said, resist him firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Just because fear comes against you, that doesn't mean something's wrong with you. That means something's wrong with the devil. That means something's still wrong with this world. This world has not been totally redeemed yet. Amen. One of these days, Jesus is coming back. Are you listening? You know, when I first got saved, we used to hear about that a lot. We don't hear about that too much anymore. We, we might need to hear about that some more. Jesus is coming back. You know, somebody reading, you know, revelations and about end times and everything like that, you know, talking about, you know, are you, are you a, you, do you believe in the pre-trib or the mid-trib or the post-trib? You know, everybody's got their ideas about you know, when Jesus is coming back over there in Revelations. And I always tell them, I said, well, I said, you know, I'm really of the pan-trib crowd. That is, Jesus is coming back and everything's going to pan out all right. So whichever place you, you think he's coming back, all I know is when he comes, I'm a-going. Amen? If he, come, if he comes before, I'm a-going. If he comes in the middle, I'm a-going. If he comes at the end, he's going to keep me through to the end, and I'm going. Amen. I got my ticket punched. I'm a-going. Cultivate courage by acting against your fears. You know, one of the first things that God told Joshua, who he was a new leader as well, Amen. And I mean, how would you like to have followed the, the, the ministry of Moses and the leadership of Moses? Wouldn't that have been a wonderful thing? Holy cow. I'm going to follow this guy that talked to God face to face. I'm going to talk to this guy that split the Red Sea, that called down the plagues on Egypt, that set the whole nation free. I mean, we walked across the Red Sea. I was there. Not only did he split the sea, but the ground was dry. And we all walked over it. Manna came down. Manna was on the ground every morning that fed everybody. I saw, I mean, I saw those who opposed Moses. The earth opened up and they fell straight down alive to hell. And I'm going to follow him. Hello? (laughs) And I'm going to follow him. Man, that... 
that would take you. No wonder God told him, be strong and of a good courage, right? It's hard to follow a great leader. It's hard to follow somebody like that. And he kept telling him, be of a good courage. Why did he tell him that? Because I'm sure Joshua was following Moses with fear and trembling. I mean, man. And so we need to learn that, that, that just because there's fear doesn't mean that we have to allow it to control us. We act against our fears by acting on what God has said in the Bible, in His Word. If the devil in fear is saying, you can't, I go and find out where God said, I can. And I act against the I can'ts with God's I can. If, I, if fear is telling me God won't, I find out where, where God said I will. And I act against the I God won't with the God will. Amen? And that's what I do. And it's just that simple. And I stand up and I act against the fear. I speak against the fear that's coming against my mind. It is good. It's simple, but it's, it's the truth, isn't it? Look in First uh, Timothy there real quickly. <clears throat> 612. Paul, writing to Timothy, he said, Fight the good fight of faith. He didn't say, Fight the good fight against all your brothers and sisters, or another church, or another denomination, or fight the good fight against, uh, you know, this political party or that political party. He said, fight the good fight of faith, didn't he? (laughs) He says, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. See, We have to take hold of God's promise. That's what faith is about. And when I resist fear, when I declare what God has said in the face of fear, when I act on what God has revealed in the face of the fear that's trying to swallow me and my pea patch up, I resist Him. I'm fighting the good fight of faith, and I'm being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I let God's Word do His do my fighting for me. I let God's name do my fighting for me. I let the blood of Jesus do my fighting for me. I let the faith God gave me do my fighting for me. I let the armor of God that I put, He's given me do the fighting for me. I'm strong in Him. And I'm going to stand against fear, worry, doubt. All those are fruits and manifestations of fear. And we have no business with them any more than we have business with drugs. I'm talking about contraband drugs, amen? Listen, success. And see, success. See, now in the church, see, oh, well, we don't want any success. Really? So I guess you'll be satisfied if you live out this life as a born-again child of God and still go to hell. Well, you just said you're not wanting success. Success comes from the word succeed. Isn't that right? I mean, didn't Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection, didn't he have success? Aren't you glad? 
He was successful. He didn't fail. He succeeded. Thank God. So I'm not, I'm not looking for defeat. I'm not looking for, you know, just barely get along here, you know, as a child of God and then die and go to hell. That's not what I'm looking for. You better know, amen. <laughs> Success often lies through the path of risk and sometimes even failure. I heard a guy years ago, he did a, a, a message about Peter and along these lines, you know, getting out of the boat, and he called it wet water walkers. He got out of the boat and he walked, didn't he? Then he sank and got wet. Then he, Jesus lifted him back up and he walked again. Sometimes we have to be a wet water walker. We have to dare to get out of the boat. Oh, I know it's hard, man. We know the boat. Why would I want to get out of a perfectly good boat? It's safe. I'm in my safe place here. I got my little old pea patch, and it's pretty good. God didn't call us for pretty good. He called us to be overcomers, didn't he? He called us to declare his light and his glory and his victory through his son. Amen? We may not be there yet, but you know what? That's what I'm shooting for. When I was in school, I never studied to make a D. I sure didn't study to make an F. You don't even have to study to make an F, do you? I always, I was shooting for the hundred. I, did you always get it? No, but I got close a lot. And I know this, I wouldn't have gotten as close as I did if I hadn't, that hadn't been my goal. And so we present the best. Maybe we're not there yet. None of us are. Paul said, he said, I haven't even arrived yet, but we're on our way. We decide to believe what God said. That's really what it's about to. We're, it's a decision. Well, am I going to believe what God said in this book called the Bible? Or am I going to believe what all the voices, what all the circumstances, what all the things are saying? Which one am I going to believe? Which one's going to have the highest authority in my life? It's a decision, isn't it? It's not a feeling. Don't, Lord mercy, you go on feelings, you're going to be in trouble, honey. Isn't that right? Man, I can go to bed some nights and I'm like, praise the Lord. And the next morning you wake up and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm talking about your feelings. And all I did was sleep. I mean, nobody's dead, nothing happened. That's just that's the way feelings are. We decide to believe, we try, and we do in the face of. Of our fears. You know, the world is full of critics. Even in the church, we have our critics, don't we? But I've found usually those who are the most stringent critics are the ones who are not in the ring themselves. Man, I'm telling you, my favorite football team's playing. And that quarterback throws an interception, and I'm like, are you kidding me? The guy was right there. Couldn't you see him? Of course, he had a couple of 300-pound guys chasing after him, wanting to squash him. I'm sitting in my lounge chair (laughs) with my my chips and dip. It's easy to see it when you're sitting with the chips and dip, how somebody could have done it better or should have done it better. 
But here's the thing. Somebody has to, to, to try, to decide, to make a decision. I'm acting against my fears. Maybe today there is a fear, especially. Maybe there's one that is paramount, one, the big fear that is just right there in your grill. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, right there. And you know what? Today is an opportunity for you to make a decision that I'm going to get this fear out of my grill. And I'm going to make a decision that I am going to trust God's promises, God's faithfulness, God's love, God's redemption, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. I am making a decision based on that. If you're here today and that is what you're saying, I want us, here's what I want us to do. I want you to just, as a, if you can, if you can't make it down here, that's fine. But if you can, just make it down to the front. And it's just, you, all you're doing is I'm encouraging you to act against that fear. That's right, come on down, right in your grill. If, if that fear is threatening your pea patch, it's threatening your family, it's threatening your health, it's threatening your finances, it's threatening your relationship, whatever it is. It's, I mean, but it's right there in your grill. And it's saying you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it this time. Oh, no, it's all over. It's too late. It can't happen. God can't do it. First of all, remember this. The devil is a liar. When you hear that kind of talk, you know what? Just turn it around and start rejoicing. Because if, if the devil says you're not going to make it, guess what? That means you're going to make it. If, you, if the devil tells you God's not going to do it for you, you know what that, you should know? God's going to do it for you. Because the Bible says God's no respecter of persons. Amen. Amen? Same blood that was shed for me was shed for you. Same blood that was shed for the apostles was shed for you. Same, same Savior for Paul and Peter and James and John and all. Same Savior you got. Same promises you got. Amen? So this morning, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a decision in the face of fear, in the face of all that the enemy is telling us, we're going to make a decision to believe God's Word. God says, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. God said that He would supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has said that you are the head and not the tail, and whatever you put your hand to will prosper. God said the seed of the righteous is blessed. God said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved. The Bible says that God, He is the God that forgives all your iniquities and healeth all your diseases. Whatever He's telling you, it's a lie. So I'm going to pray, but the most important thing 
is that you, in your heart before God this morning, you make a decision. Make a decision. I believe in God. I know, I know what fear is saying. I know what circumstances are saying. I know what's happening. But I am going to decide to believe God. That He's bigger. He's greater. His care for me is there. He is the faithful God. He is the merciful God. He's the God who will hear and answer. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Amen. Amen. While I'm praying, you talk to God and make your decision. Father, right now, all of us up here, Lord, we're making a decision that we are going to stand against our fears. We're going to stand and defend our pea patch, our families, our children, our finances, our relationships, whatever the fear that is staring them down. God, I thank you right now for the greater one to rise up big within them. The mighty power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing that is upon them as a child of God, the promise that belongs to them, the armor of God, the name of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, all of those things they have been given, Father, they are more than enough. More than enough to give them the victory. More than enough to put the enemy to flight. Now, devil, in the name of Jesus, we stand against your fear. We stand against your lies. And in Jesus' name, we resist you. And God has said, if we resist you, you must flee. Father, I thank you. You stand for your pea patch right now. You command the devil to take his hands off of whatever it is, your finances, your health, your children. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you just tell him, take, his hand, take your hands off, devil. Take your hands off, devil. Take your hands off. I resist you in Jesus' name. The greater one is in me. God's word is true. God's word is true. God's promises are mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you've made that decision... You look up here at me. Have you made that decision? You've made that decision? You've made that decision? Listen, when you leave this place, you stand fast. You stand fast in your pea patch. Amen? And be strong in the Lord. See, what, what you were doing up here this morning, see, you were being strong in the Lord. So don't go back and try to win the battle now with your own strength. Stay strong in the Lord. Stay strong. What you said here, when fear comes against you, just say it again. When fear comes against you, just say it again. When fear comes against you, just say it again. I mean, if you were in a battle and you had a sword, every time the enemy come at you, wouldn't you take your sword out? Absolutely. Well, I stuck him once, Pastor. I thought that would be enough. Sometimes you have to stick him more than once. Amen. Sometimes, you know, that devil, he, you know, he runs up on it a few times, he'll learn. But you, that fear comes again, you get that sword of the Spirit out, and you begin to say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I have decided I'm trusting God. I've decided that God is bigger than my problems, bigger than my fears. Amen. You believe that? I believe you do. Amen. Well, lift your hands just a moment. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the victory. I'm more than a conqueror. 
fear has no place in me. And I leave this place today with the full armor of God upon me. The, the helmet of salvation. The, 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 the breastplate of righteousness. I have my feet shod with the gospel. I have the belt of truth around me. I lift up the shield of faith. And I have the sword of the Spirit. I'm more than a conqueror. I will win this battle in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, yeah. Listen, just stay here just for a moment longer. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Listen, that's where it starts. The Bible says that Jesus came and he died, the godly for the ungodly. He died for us. He died when we were helpless and hopeless, when we were lost in our sin. He died for us so that we might have new life in him. And if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, Today is the day of salvation for you. Ask Him to come into your heart. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I, I, I want to be a child of God. I, I need you in my life. I, I want you in my life. If you just, in your own words, you let God know that's what you want. You know what the Bible says? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the wonderful Savior He is. He will turn no man or woman away. Boy, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I was the chiefest of sinners. I sure am glad. And you know, I just want to, test, to testify from my little pea patch. God is faithful. God is faithful. Amen. God bless you. You can go and be seated. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.